0: Our passage is 2 Corinthians 7, um, verse 2 through 9. Two through nine. So we broken, we broke chapter seven last, broke into chapter 7 last time, uh, but that was kind of a focus on um, you know, holiness and not being yoked together with unbelievers and, and all. But um, now Paul kind of revisits um, a kind of a direct, more of a direct conversation slash um uh, kind of discussion with uh, the uh, corinthians about his relationship with them and uh, some of the difficulties that they uh, kind of kind of waded through if i could use that term so could i get a volunteer or 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 or, or two to read the passage that's in the chat for us
1: Uh, Make room for us in your hearts. We have wronged no one. We have corrupted no one. We have exploited no one. I do not say this to condemn you. I have said before that you have such a place in our hearts that we would live or die with you. I have great confidence in you. I take great pride in you. I'm greatly encouraged in all our troubles. My joy knows no bounds. For when we came to into Macedonia, this body of ours had no rest, but we were harassed at every turn, conflicts on the outside, fears within.
2: But God, who comforts the downcast, comforted us by the coming of Titus,
0: and not only by his coming, but also by the comfort you had given him. He told us about your longing for me, your deep sorrow, your ardent concern for me, so that my joy was greater than ever. Even if I caused you sorrow by my letter, I do not regret it. Though I did regret it, I see that my letter hurt you, but only for a little while. Yet now I am happy, not because you were made sorry, but because your sorrow led you to repentance. For you became sorrowful as God intended, and so were not harmed in any way by us. Thank you. All right, so uh, just to uh, review a little bit all the way back in chapter two, verse 13. um, If you recall that Paul uh, talked about a rendezvous, a planned rendezvous that did not happen. Uh, He was supposed to meet Titus in Troas um, because um, Paul had sent Titus to Corinth with this uh, 1.5 Corinthians letter, right? The one in between first and second Corinthians. It was a tough letter, a severe letter, uh, challenging them to uh, follow Paul's instruction to uh, repent of their unscriptural ways. Uh, and so Paul was very kind of on edge uh, to see how the Corinthians would uh, respond, how they would take what he said to them in that letter. So Titus was supposed to go there and then, you know, share it with them and then see if what their response was. And he was supposed to come back and meet uh, paul in troas and they would continue on their mission but paul could not find titus and so it says that he in distress he felt distressed but he had to go on to macedonia his next uh missionary stop and so he went with a heavy heart right and uh we uh know some of that when he says that in verse um uh, right verse six uh or five and six uh five Uh, Conflicts on the outside, fears within, uh, body had no rest, harassed at every return. So here he is um, in Macedonia, burdened uh, by um, his concern and love uh, and uncertainty regarding the Corinthians. But finally, Titus arrived in Macedonia with good, if not great news. The Corinthians had accepted the letter. And the rebukes contained within it, and they wanted to follow what Paul said. They wanted to repent of the ways in which they were not doing uh, what was best uh, from God. And overall, even though it was a hard and sorrowful experience, um, the outcome, as Paul begins to say, we'll talk about it more next time. But he begins to say was godly sorrow, which led to repentance and renewal, as opposed to uh, worldly sorrow and despair, right. Um, Not only did they want to uh, uh, kind of submit to Paul's instructions, but they wanted to personally reconcile with Paul, right. In verse seven, they longed for him, uh, showed ardent concern, they were sorrowful for making him sorrowful. So Paul is very uh, touched, right, his joy, his encouragement gratitude, all that floods uh, his heart. So it's a good outcome, but <laughs> um, the journey there was not easy uh, and all. So I kind of want to make that our, uh, maybe our um, question or our topic um, uh, where I, I sometimes I consider you guys my partners in perplexity, like, something I don't understand about life, or the Christian walk, or the Bible, right, um, you know, a lot of you guys are mature Christians, so it's, uh, it's helpful to kind of think through some of uh, these uh, things that, you know, of uh, what the text uh, says, right, so. Um, and so, uh, the issue of conflict and reconciliation, right. Uh, Starting with that, um, I think um, it's fair to say that uh, we we can expect, even in a group of Christians, even in a church, even with an apostle and the church that he founded, um, that conflict and disagreement is inevitable, it's going to be there, right? It's unavoidable, I think, in many ways because after all we are mere you know humans and we're wretched sinners and we're trying to grow, but you know our communication is imperfect. there's personality flaws, there's giving and taking of offense. right So in a sense, I think we should expect um, that there should be conflict um, and all that. Um, I, I went to a, a pastor's thing uh, this week, uh, like a training and the pastor, that was presenting uh, was, he's relatively new to the area, like a few years in Brooklyn. And um, he was talking about how he noticed, not only in, in the, you know all, all the churches that he served, but especially in New York, uh, there's such a kind of a transience, right? And like, you know, some of it is economic, some of it is, you know, New York is uh, like a transition people come here to kind of, you know, find a new life or they recover and they move on, you know, sometimes it's a stepping stone, but um, he's noticed that New York, especially he's been trying to like stabilize his membership and, you know, and one of the areas that he said he undertook was this area of conflict, right? He said that he talks about with his people, um, how he encourages them, you know, you guys, are, if they're new or if they've even been around for a while, he says to them kind of, he kind of uh, repeatedly says like don't leave at the first sign of conflict in fact conflict is something that um can be expected right uh even in the church
2: right
0: uh and so uh try to at least have conversations about maybe what caused the conflict and how can we do better about the conflict and um how can we you know improve and they have you know, certain kind of phrases that they use, like one of them was assume the best of others. Assume the best of others. But I found it pretty interesting, right? What he was saying. Um, and stuff. And so I feel like um even among fellow believers and Christians, you know, there's no guarantee that we're never going to disagree, right? But it's to me the the power and the beauty and the excitement and, and the reason why we uh, uh, can, let's say, face conflict uh, with hope even is because, um, you know, we ha- can move on to re- the resolution of it, benefit of the doubt, you know, clarification, apologies, forgiveness, resetting, right? All that, you know, not only can happen, but, you know, maybe you could argue it should happen, right? So we see... You know, in, in in Christian history and in in our own experiences, that we fall all the time, right? Um, that conflict happens. But what I think is uh, is is heartening, encouraging, is that you know, forgiveness and reconciliation and restoration can can happen um, as well, right? So even in Apostle Paul's um, context, right? Somehow. I I don't think that he's discouraged per se that uh, the Corinthians and him have had a falling out, right? They've had, it's been a hard slog, right? Certainly there's been uh, difficult words exchanged, you know, the whole reason he didn't physically go back was because he thought it'd be too painful. And so he sent a letter. There's a whole host of very strong emotions, uh, distress, amusement. You know that he had to write three long letters, First Corinthians, one point five Corinthians, and at least right Second Corinthians, three long letters to try to really share his heart, try to you know communicate and try to work it out with the Corinthians. Like even in Second Corinthians, you find him kind of like uh, I think carefully choosing his words and really trying to uh, improve the the relational context with them explaining repeating emphasizing it's like a heartfelt uh, love letter and i think it's a it's an indication of of paul's um uh, not only his abilities but his love for the corinthians that he's will go to this extent to try to patch things up try to get them to a place where he thinks they can be closer to god he really loves them and um in turn right he's trying to get them to to love him so um that's kind of the introduction to the topic um i guess i want to take it one step and uh, have uh, us to think about uh, why is reconciliation so hard right even for believers
2: right
0: like, okay, maybe you'll accept that conflict because you know we're broken people. It's gonna happen, but because we're forgiven people, we're you know Paul's spent a few chapters, and we'll talk more about God's reconciliation with us. Right, God went out of His way to uh, uh, restore uh, a relationship with us, broken by sin and uh, rebellion with that as the personal common experience of every believer, right? Without reconciliation to God, we wouldn't be comrades. We wouldn't be brothers and sisters in Christ. So we all have the benefit of that experience. And so we have a leg up, if you will, among, let's say, the general populace um, about um, trying to um, move from conflict to resolution like you know in, in the ukraine right now I, I i i don't have that much hope i mean hopefully sanctions and you know maybe uh, you know internally uh there'll be a a, a shake up in, in I don't know, the russian military brass or i, I don't know I, I don't know but you know um just straight out uh you should stop fighting you uh that somehow doesn't you know work or it doesn't resonate in the world all that much and people maybe you know want to broker peace and all get along and stuff like that but if you are in in the in in the in the boxing ring right you don't want to give an inch uh is kind of the prevailing i think worldly conventional wisdom so i don't see much hope for resolution forgiveness all that kind of stuff conciliation in um in a, in a worldly sense but the church, uh, you know, fellow believers, um, Christian denominations, uh, Christianity as a whole—all that kind of stuff. You, I think, the expectation is that since we know what it means to be forgiven by God, we should be able to be able to forgive each other. Maybe not easily, but readily. But when there is kind of a prolonged lack of resolution or a prolonged lack lack of reconciliation. Um, I don't know, it, 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 it's, it's uh, like I said, it's perplexing. It's, I think, a little bit confusing. I think it denigrates our witness, right? Um, Jesus prayed that we would be one as he the Father and the Father were one, and that uh, through that unity, the world would know that God had sent Jesus, right? So it goes to the very heart of the Christian mission, and yet it's so challenging and so difficult. So um, those of you that you know have thoughts or maybe have thought through it um what makes why is it in, in your experience or in your thinking uh, what what
2: makes reconciliation so hard um, between people who experience conflict
0: and specifically i mean you can talk about people in general but specific Christians would be i think even most helpful
3: um <clears throat> i think a uh, reconciliation sometimes is hard though, because um you know i think conflict could have may have several layers even let's say sometimes two parties want to work out and then sometimes you can o- only sp- kind of get a certain part of it and then it, it's just, it's it's so be so, so basically the, the the issue could be more complex and then there if like only partially resolved it may become a kind of a false piece and that yeah that may not really that um help. Yeah, just I guess what I'm trying to say is that people may underestimate the, the kind of scale of the issue and they feel like a, it's a resolved, but it's not so things may happen again in the future and turn out that then you know. Um, then people start questioning the whether that a resolution was or reconciliation was effective or whether it was working or even whether it was genuine. So I guess, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's very helpful, I like that. Um, let me follow up on that. Let's say that you know you only resolved you know whatever, uh, 60% the first time around, mm-hmm. and you weren't aware of the last 40%. But let's say a year later, that last 40% comes up mm-hmm. or 20%, <laughs> half of that comes up why do you think it's hard to deal with the new problem or the let's say the 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 deeper problem the underlying problem and i think it is but i don't know i can you offer a reason why why can't we just okay we didn't solve it all the first time let's try again let's keep trying until it's 100 percent clean for example
3: yeah i think it yeah sometimes yeah if maybe in order to kind of solve let's say kind of solve all the problems like 100% of the problems i think it it may kind of re involve because i think humans nat- naturally kind of sinful that's why kind of that's why i think uh, have to work on it over and over again but you know this kind of a uh, but it um if like you know in order to fully achieve some sort of a rec- reconciliation if it, it involves uh resolve like involve fixing like say for example if i have conflict with person a in i need to fix my kind of a deeper like a scene issue which is probably not easy to fix and then it's it's just it's not only become it's not just a intention it's more of a whether how much i can overcome my own thing or just work on my own thing for example yeah that's kind of a first pass of thinking yeah
0: yeah awesome thank you other contributions about why it's so hard to reconcile.
1: I think also, um, I don't know if this is just Christian context, but, um, or just relational con- There's like a certain expectation and uh, maybe in a Christian context, the expectation is, um, you know, we're all trying to imitate Christ, right? So, when expectations, whatever they may be, are not met, there's almost a feeling of uh, deception or betrayal from the other person, or or vice versa, and uh, and kind of like what Hanfei said, if the person or or either party is not aware. And the other party thinks that they should be aware. Um, I, I like they shouldn't even have to communicate it with, let's say, with me, and I should be aware of it, um, then there's a lot of like misunderstanding and uh disappointment that comes along with it. So that's just something that
0: yeah. Hmm. I mean, I, I followed the expectations not being met, and, and the disappointment and kind of like frustration that that could ensue. But how do you get from that? I think I know the answer, but I'd like you to say, Joe, how do you get from that to deception slash betrayal? Because what's involved to make that jump? Because it could be, let's say, an innocent, um, like I tried, or or just kind of a you know you know I'm just that imperfect. <laughs> You know, I, I don't meet up to even what I want to meet up to kind of thing. But So how would you kind of connect those two?
1: Yeah, I mean, that that's the logical, that's the logical jump, right? That, um, you know, maybe the person is just imperfect and they're trying, like Hanfei was saying, they're trying and they need to keep on trying. But I think like... Uh, there's almost like sometimes a um, you know, uh uh, I don't know, like over uh loss of words, but it's it's almost like an unattainable um standard, or right? it, it's it's almost like the standard of Jesus, right? That that um who was all knowing, all powerful, all you know, met everybody's needs and um so sometimes like uh, the expectations are are just not realistic, but yet at the same time, the expectation is there. I, I mean, I think that is, um, so, so because the expectation is there, even though it's not a logical jump, sometimes the jump is um, to, oh, I was deceived, you know. I thought we were all aiming or maybe maybe the thought is that, you know, this person is not aiming or trying hard enough to 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 get to that standard. And therefore, a person feels deceived. I don't know. Um,
0: Yeah, I, I think I know what you're I think I can picture it. So the deception comes into it because. I guess the standard, if I could take what you said, the high standard is everything is like crystal clear and I'm really sorry, I'm never going to do it again. Because we're Christians, because Jesus has done that for us, um, we kind of think that is the where it should be. And when someone, even like someone says it in their apology, I'm really sorry. But then if they do the same thing, you know, four months later and, you know, four years later, that reminds you, or or it it, it indicates that, oh, you weren't serious that first time. Uh,
1: Yeah, or you were insincere, even though that that's not true, right, that that may or may not be true, that most likely is not true. And, and just needs to, a lot of times just needs a conversation, you know, or openness in each person's heart that the other person is trying, but I don't know. I, um, I think you've said this often enough in sermons. We're very good about giving ourselves passes, but we're not very good about giving other people passes. And sometimes it's just too hard to try again and again. So it's just easier to just say, forget it. Right. So I don't know, like, uh, I've been seeing this phrase a lot, um, like the three options, some people call it, like you either accept it, a situation, you either accept it, you change it, or you leave it, right? So as Christians, you would think that we would hope to be able to, like you said, reconcile and change and whatnot, or accept the person for who they are. and and um, But a lot of times I feel like, I mean, I think the eat, I, I don't know if it's the easiest. I think to me it would be the easiest, not to everybody, but to me, the easier option is just to leave it. It's just too messy to to do the other two.
0: Anyways, that's good stuff, Joe. Thank you.
4: I think there's a lot of reasons why it's very difficult. Um, I think you know, in the veins of pride and self-centeredness. I think uh, you know, whether it be that we don't feel loved, respected, like some of those love and respect uh, themes that we could talk about. Um, but I think, um, you know, what I focus on is that most of the times when you want to have true reconciliation, you have to, um, you have to be willing to um, kind of uncover your true feelings, but not only acknowledge it, but reveal it to others and your, your true feelings. And sometimes, you know, we it may be shameful. Sometimes we just unwilling to change and you know, even we reveal it, we don't want to change that, 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 uh, you know, the position that we're in. And so, you know, we don't want to get down to that level where where we're we, really honest about something, uh, you know, because how we really feel about something, maybe it's not, maybe something that we're not very proud of. So, I mean, I think there's a lot of reasons, but uh, that would be one where I think uh, often um, I, I see, I see either myself or others being stuck in, it, where we're not willing to get down to that level of honesty.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. So that's a little bit, I think Hanfei was talking, speaking in that direction as well. Like it's a very deep, complex issue, but we just kind of, you know, pull chop off the weed and not get to the root. Uh, Tony, uh, as you were talking, it made me think like that just compounds the problem though. Cause now we have not only an unreconciled relational issue, but we have
2: a un, whatever un, unaddressed, unexposed, you know,
0: unadmitted, you know, deeper core shame or deeper core issue, right? So it's like, not only are you not accepting or you know you don't want to be free and clear with the other person, but now there's more self-protection and kind of isolation that, that results. But I was thinking like it's a double whammy.
4: So it's yeah, not... I, think I agree. With, I mean, I, I, yeah, it's true. I mean, it's, it's hard to be the one who is, you know, let's say being punched and not punched back or, you know, being the one who's willing to suffer. Right. You know, if we're trying to imitate Christ, right. Well, you know, I, I don't think, it's uh, a natural feeling, um, at least the way we're brought up, the way we're, you know, where we've been raised, where we are um, easily willing to be the one, um, let's say, taking a loss or being hurt, right? And, and being willing to forgive in those situations. So, you know, it may be in our our midst of um, arguing or fighting or dealing with some issues, we just don't want to accept the fact that that is what Christ is calling us and, and be willing to be that humble to resolve these situations um and be able to reconcile because we, we just we're just not there and then we you know of course the, the easy comparison is that hey we're not jesus right but the, the reality of it is is that that's also the reason why uh we're you know because we feel that way and we use that as an excuse to you know we, we lack a real reason to to change because we accepted the fact that we're not going to be like him
2: mm-hmm. okay yeah good Yeah, actually, I wanted
5: to, um, I agree with Tony, because I think sometimes we say that, I don't know if you've been churched for a long time, or if you have maybe been a Christian for a long time, I think you constantly hear, you know, oh, you know, follow the cross, like Jesus died to yourself, um, sacrifice and suffer. But I think the reality is, is that we don't want to suffer. So we avoid pain or suffering. And I think um, a lot of people have not been raised to handle conflict well, just in general with, or maybe they grew up with addressing conflict in a really specific way. So as an adult to try to basically completely rewire your brain sometimes to handle conflict just in general with other people. And especially with, you know, Christian brothers or sisters, I think that is very hard um because maybe your whole life or maybe a you grew up a certain way, you could have been avoiding conflict. Right. Or uh, maybe you were, you know, a people pleaser and you wanted to like kind of always appease the other person. But like everyone has been saying, it wasn't a genuine reconciliation so it wasn't like a real reconciliation you just kind of said what you needed to say to kind of smooth things over um so i think it is just really hard and i think the reality is that sometimes we just don't feel like like this person might be worth the effort even if they are a christian brother or sister i don't know because I mean, I'm speaking for myself that even when I have conflicts with my own family, that, you know, they're my family. It's not like they're ever going to go away. Right. And so that even for me is so difficult. So, and I, and I know the amount of effort and pain that that can sometimes be. So, yeah, sometimes I think about, you know, just people in church or just people outside of, in other aspects of my life. And I'm just like, Oh my gosh, like, do I want to go through all the same effort, right? To like, try to reconcile, even though, like Tony was saying, like, that's what, that's what Christ is, you know, that's the example that he led. And that's what we should follow. But I think in reality, I'm just like, Oh my gosh, like, I don't even know if this is worth it. Yeah, I don't know. That's how I feel. But
0: I uh, appreciate that Alice yeah I relate. I can relate to a lot of what you said keep that in mind because I think Paul probably offers a co- counter example to that. Well, uh, maybe you'll have other, others or more to add, but um, I, I kind of uh, organized it in my mind this way, according to uh, what Paul says in verse one. Um, Make room for us in your hearts. So I thought it's like a a heart issue, right? A heart issue. Uh, Of course, you know, the contour that you guys mentioned are all, I think, very relevant. Uh, But I just, for simplicity's sake, I I put down, one of the reasons it's hard to reconcile is because we have a hurt heart, H-U-R-T, right? We're hurt. And, you know, we don't want to suffer pain you know uh, minimize maximize pleasure minimize pain kind of thing and you know conflict is so like you know ugly often and it 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 causes us you know i think you know literally to uh, to you know have physical manifestations and um I was reading an article about how the term being heartbroken is actually more more literal than we think it is, right? It's not just a metaphorical term. Um, the things that happen to us um, when, like, we are we 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 are we have a broken heart kind of thing. But you know, vulnerability, right? Um, to be to like, if you've experienced something bad, right? Someone has wronged you, offended you, hurt you, um, to extend yourself to to put yourself out there again you know the fear of rejection Um, that's a really difficult uh, thing to do right Um, and then if you're the offender to swallow your pride and to you know really be open and honest and genuine um, you know not just clever or, or facile and what you say and what you are doing to try to make up something, but to um, you know, really be open and humble, uh, that's maybe even harder uh, to do. So I, I think that uh, a lot of my avoidance or a lot of my difficulty in resolving conflict is because it hurts so much, maybe hurts too much, right? Uh, we could throw in there, I think the issue of trust that, um, you know, I think it's natural that if someone breaches your trust, whatever that may mean, or betrays your trust, whatever that may mean, um, you know, it's really, depending on, you know, to what extent they broke that trust, um, it makes it all the harder to kind of restore or reestablish That right. Um, So I think the pain, the hurt, the the sorrow that accompanies conflict and brokenness um, is, I would say, one kind of cluster of reasons why it's hard to reconcile. Uh, The other one, I just have two for us: the hurt, and the other one is a hard (laughs) heart, hard heart. So I would throw in here like pride, and uh, you know, self-centeredness, and Uh, maybe even like just you're just tired of it you don't want to deal with it anymore Um, it's not worth it It, not because it's taking so much out of you but because you're above it you're better than it that that kind of you know just that kind of like if one heart is too tender too sensitive like it's gonna bleed once you try to do anything this other one is stone cold Right, and even though you prick it, even though you try to kind of get it going, it just it's oblivious or it's unwilling, right? And and I think it it, it causes like um, and not only can it be like a person can have a hard heart, like I don't I don't accept your apology, I don't want to reconcile with you. You know, you did you wronged me, and you know I'm never going to forgive you that's not the hardness not only applies in that situation right where let's say a wrong or a sin or an offense has been committed and we're hard we're being a hard um, against the person let's say who's trying to reconcile but I think hardness also comes into play even before um, what I mean is it can be the reason why we are offended or hurt or 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 um, into the conflict because the hardness has created a certain response mechanism, or it makes us a certain way, and we take things the wrong way. Or people with even the best intentions and even the best uh, means of
2: communicating, um, it doesn't result in let's say our
0: character growth or our uh you know spiritual improvement it actually uh, leads to us being insulted or, or angry because you know we were hard to begin with so i think like unteachability for example would be like one type of hardness where If we think we know everything and someone tries to share or teach or even like, you know, drill something in us, um, we could perceive that as kind of like, oh, you have an issue with me when they don't, right? They're just trying to convey or help us even, but we don't take it like that, right? If we um, are so prideful that, we do not listen to anybody Um, you know we're ripe for conflict because um, you know anybody that goes against us or 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 corrects us uh, we're going to respond poorly so uh, you know even i guess one application i'd like to many applications i throw in here is even as we try to like navigate conflict and you know we try to remind ourselves again of jesus's example uh and stuff um and some cases are really really thorny and really maybe even insoluble Um, but even before that i feel there are there's a lot of room in each of us me to really work on kind of my self uh understanding self-awareness um kind of my sensitivity level my yeah my hardness right Uh, not only should we be good soil for the gospel and the word of god but we should be good soil for relationships right um you know where uh truth comes even if it's um, not easy to hear or even if we don't agree with it let's say Right off the bat, or even if it's kind of po- pointed, um, to let it kind of take root, sink in, bear fruit, uh, you know that is that's something we can work on, right? Maybe, so maybe you don't have any like on like open wounded open wounds, kind of like festering conflicts and you know relational kind of stores uh, with people. Uh, good. I, that's awesome. But uh, how can we work on? um, Yeah, making sure that never that doesn't happen. Yeah, I think that has to do a lot with um, softening our heart, um, being open to others, um, open to what, you know, they might say what God might say uh, uh, to them. And I think you know, one way to, that, that helps to break up that kind of hard ground, hardened heart, is to meditate a lot on the forgiveness and the reconciliation we receive from God. I mean, if I really count, uh, account for what I feel the Lord has, the transgressions that he has uh, forgiven me for, the, the magnitude of them and the variety of them, I doubt that I could, anybody could wrong me more than I've wronged God. And I know, it, like we've said, it's hard to, you know, take that repeatedly, right? And, and we are flawed and, and, and small and, and imperfect, limited, but at least um, I think meditation on the extent and again the type of sins that uh, the Lord has uh, forgiven it should make us uh, a little more supple, a little bit more porous, uh, uh, a little bit more humble, a little bit more uh, unoffendable. Uh, I think uh, you know it's always the the parable of the unmerciful servant, right? the guy who owed let's say a million dollars to the king, and was supposed to pay up and couldn't, was gonna be thrown in jail, asked for mercy. completely, The debt was canceled. And then he goes out and finds a guy who owes in $20 and same situation, can't pay, throws him, you know, threatens to throw him in jail, the guy pleads for more time. And the forgiven guy can't forgive uh, the peer and throws him in jail, right? Even though, the relative uh debt that was owed him was so much less than what he owed and that incongruity upset the king right uh, and this was i think in response to the question of how many times should i forgive my brother peter asked seven times which was considered like enough or, or more than enough but jesus says no you know 70 times 7 which basically unlimited so to kind of, you know, soften our hearts to really work on our hearts to rototill our hearts break up the ground um, to think about such things I think is is important. And maybe that's how we get to some of those deeper convoluted complex, like really tightly wound issues that, you know, Hanfei described it as layers. Uh, Tony described it as you know a willingness to uncover to uh reveal true feelings. Uh, the last aspect of the hard heart, um, that I was thinking about was kind of, um, I think one thing that might help in terms of relationships is to kind of do a lot of thinking and praying and 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 kind of reflecting and maybe practicing experiencing love, right? And, what love really looks like. Um, I think, you know, um, I think a natural uh, kind of default or, or definition of love is often it's supposed to be um, kind of something soft, something comforting, um, something safe. And, and it can be, right? Uh, love has that expression um but it's not only like that right certainly god's love is not only like that um so you know god's love is both hard and soft um i know i'm generalizing but it's both fatherly and motherly it's both stern and merciful it's both authoritative and compassionate it's both both, it's both demanding and forgiving right It, it really depends on what is needed in in our uh situation in our moment um and what god wants to like convey to us or
2: um uh, or or demonstrate to us you know sometimes god's love uh, is um like the kind of love i don't really like (laughs) and other times it really is the kind that um I prefer, but the reason that God sometimes
0: um, is stern or tough or unyielding is because he loves us, right and the, and other times when, let's say we want to be like that, and we think, Tough love is what's needed. Sometimes God turns the tables,
2: and He is, you know, pliant um, and flexible and merciful.
0: I shared this long uh, retreat long ago, but for example, um,
2: when we're facing a temptation, um, Satan. Is the nice guy, right? He will say,
0: "Oh, you know, uh, you're a Christian, and and you know, God has paid for all your sins, and He loves you, and you know, you can ask for forgiveness." Um, you know, the grace of God is in uh, in operative order right here. At the same time, when we're faced with that temptation. You know, I think a lot of times the Holy Spirit comes down hard and says, don't do it. This will set you back. I've forbidden it. I've saved you so that you would no longer do this. So, you know, Satan looks like loving in the kind of the immature way, soft way.
2: And God looks so scary and frightful. But after we sin, if we
0: succumb to the temptation, the roles are reversed. Satan starts accusing us and saying, You suck. You did it again. You're not worthy of God's love. He fills us with lies and tries to destroy us so that we'll walk away from God because we're too ashamed. So he becomes the hard nosed, he becomes scary. Whereas God is. You know the prodigal son's father he's waiting and waiting and waiting and he's inviting and inviting and inviting he's reaching out he's praying he's he's
2: he's waiting to comfort us and hold us and forgive us Uh, you know god is so compassionate so here we have even satan's capable of both right is what i'm saying
0: but you know, more importantly god is uh, he loves us for what is best for us um you know you can make an application to kind of you know even like politics a little bit right like you, you like the conservative movement the right is is often about this kind of like standards and truth and righteousness and protection and you know all that kind of stuff, um, and the the left will call that like you're too dogmatic, you're too like you know principle based. You're not thinking about the person,
2: and then the the liberals, I mean the the conservatives will say the liberals are too you know
0: focused on love. They just want. It. accept everybody and let them do anything and it's all about you know this kind of soft love bleeding heart you know liberalism but it's not either or right we kind of need both right there are some things where we need to be super firm and and kind of like unyielding and there are other times when you know we should be we need to be like super soft and cuddly right that kind of thing soft and subjective. Um, so to to kind of extol one, to define one against the other, right? That um, is a, kind of a cause of, of, of some of the problems that exist in our society. Uh, and so like this one book I read was talking about this and it said, that's why we need Jesus Christ, or, or or God, the Son of God, God the Son. To define love in His personhood, right? Love is not a principle. Love is not just hard or just soft. Love is not absolutely stern, and and principled, or you know, absolutely uh, uh, soft and, and 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 yielding, right? No, it, it's it's held up in the person. Of love, right? In, in, in Jesus Christ, so um, like parenting, right? We've all, some of you, most of you, are parents, or you've been parented. um I don't think hard parenting is better than soft parenting, and neither soft parenting better than hard parenting. Parenting, you you need kind of both. It, it's not a formula, right? It's it's personal. It's it's loving your child, your children the best
2: uh, that you can. Um, so yeah, that's what Paul, that's what John says, right? Uh,
0: grace and truth, right? that came from Jesus. Um, and so that's why we see that at times he could be very, very tough. On people, on his disciples, on an individual. And other times he's like letting people get away with murder, metaphorically speaking, and he hangs out with tax collectors and sinners, and so he's he's driving people crazy, the religious establishment, because to define themselves as righteous, they had to label these other people unrighteous, All right. And then the unrighteous, right? They. Always wanted to be righteous, but they could never get there. So it's it's really about, I think, reconciliation. Really has to go through the person, the character, and the example uh, of Jesus. So, so let me finish with just kind of looking at Paul. Right? How does Paul handle this? I think Paul also is kind of um, dual polarity. There are times, even in this letter, where he comes out like super, like won't budge, won't, won't, won't cede an inch, and he's like, he'll, he'll, he'll,
2: he'll like, you know, um, exchange punches with you. He'll, 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 he'll,
0: he'll, he'll wail away at something. And other times he's like meek and like almost, almost too conciliatory too apologetic uh and the likes so you know and and with the corinthians he needed he felt to write this harsh letter and he knew that it was going to cause heartache and problems but even as he's doing it he's not like he's not doing it with like i'm gonna you know put these boys away i'm gonna teach them who's who you know it's not driven by pride he's driven by this kind of uh burden a spiritual burden for what they are so he needs to say harsh things Um, but once they have that breakthrough he's he's all comfort and all you know gushing like I knew you could do it and I'm so proud of you and you didn't let me down. And even Titus was encouraged and, you know, he just kind of, you know, uh, all the, all the, all all that kind of soft, uh, you know, uh, uh, let's say touchy-feely uh, in a good sense, a, a way. So I don't think he's schizophrenic. I don't think he's like, you know, being like, um, like utilitarian like he uses one when he feels a certain way and uses another for some sort of like advantage or something no he's genuinely trying to employ the full range of what love entails right love found in god right love demonstrated by jesus in his ministry right to the corinthians and, and to all the
2: other uh, christians that churches that he does um so what I want to
0: say that what holds this together, why Paul can do something like this, and uh, maybe it didn't always work, but why he he can sleep at night (laughs) is because um, ultimately, 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 he is committed to the Corinthians, right? And, you know, we've talked about how it's so hard to stay at it, stay with it, right? Is it worth it? I feel like, to Paul, no matter how much the Corinthians like, um, like criticize him or make fun of him or you know give him a hard time, and no matter how many letters he has to write, no matter how many times he has to explain himself, no matter how many times he has to pray with them and and weep with them and, and whatever, he's gonna do it,
2: right?
0: Because that is love, right? And, and, and you know that's what. Are of I think the best families do through thick and thin, hell and high water. Well, they are committed to each other and they work it through. Like right? so, maybe going back all the way to Hunt Face thing, somehow, you know, Paul would have not only done the 60 and the 20, however many times, to try to really get to the root of the problem and 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 because he's willing to do that. And I think that commitment uh, is what wins the corinthians over i see this because you know of course argument and persuasion and conviction all that is part of this right paul was pointing out i guess uh spiritually and authority as a apostolic authority indeed how they were not pleasing to god and what they were doing in their conduct but that might lead the people to say, okay, you're right. They might agree with the proposition, but to engender this kind of desire to reconnect and to love and to uh, um, uh, long, all all the the great, amazing um, relational things that Titus reports to Paul, to me, that is a, a response to Paul's commitment, his love for them it's refusal to give up or to not love them um so yeah that would be uh my reflection on this, this passage before i close in prayer is there
2: other thoughts or aspects that be worth uh, mentioning
0: All right. Let me take us through some prayer. First, let's talk. Think
2: about a hurt heart. Uh, Do we have um, maybe some pain, some uh, wounds,
0: some something that is still
2: uh,
0: maybe causing us to be not maybe to, to be not embrace it, embrace others in either uh, relationships, let alone reconciliation? Uh, Is there something that we need God to really uh,
2: heal and to restore? Um, Let's take some time to pray. Are we maybe dealing with a hard heart inside? Uh, Maybe
0: it's our natural kind of disposition, or maybe we've had to kind of build it up to protect ourselves,
2: or um, it's just easier to kind of be uh, impenetrable and uh, callous. Um, I talked about how uh, How do we soften our hard hearts? Let's pray about that. Just as a final topic, maybe what I said about Paul's commitment to the Corinthians. um,
0: Maybe it's something to reflect and pray about in in your own uh, relationships. Um, Would that maybe be uh, kind of a, to be renewed or maybe it's not clear to establish that so that um,
2: there is that safety there is that uh, bond that can uh,
0: that foundation where we can dig dig as deep as necessary where we can be as uh, self-disclosing as possible Uh, maybe you can think about relationships that aren't as maybe that have been broken or is still unresolved conflict, and see if yeah that
2: kind of commitment to each other would help. Uh, Lord, I think uh, one of the most uplifting themes of the Bible is uh, forgiveness
0: and reconciliation, redemption. Um, Maybe because it is so lofty, um, we find uh, its practical uh, practice, its uh, expression, to be uh, some often elusive. Maybe we can have a general piece, even a shallow piece, with many people.
2: But um, you certainly had a thorough a. Um, complete reconciliation with us. So we pray that we can experience
0: that um, whether we're in conflict or not, uh, help us to have those kind of trust relationships and then to uh, build
2: it up, to uh, really uh, build on that commitment that when conflict comes, uh,
0: we can respond we can uh, handle we can work through we can be better for it
2: we can grow um, if it's your will we can stay uh, we ask for
0: uh, your mercy through all this and your strength uh,
2: for without it uh,
0: we'll just be uh, spinning our wheels right? we'll, we'll get tired quick uh, so uh, Thank you for a chance to uh, see Paul make room in his heart for the Corinthians and ask
2: them to do the same. Uh, In Christ's name we pray, amen.